Okay, it's a question a lot of us have been asking as the pandemic has, you know, kind of resulted in a bit of a paradigm shift when it comes to just how we think about our work and our lives. And it's been talked about for so long, that so-called work-life balance. Is that achievable? Well, that's actually uh, led to, uh, you know, a lot of talk about a now life-work revolution. And for more on that, we're joined by Simeon Wong, coach and founder of Elevate.Strategy, who joins us now here on Global News Radio. Simeon, good afternoon. Thanks for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Talk to us a bit about the life work revolution, if you could, first. What's that all about? Yeah. So um, I'm an executive coach and I, I, I deal with clients uh, quite a bit that are senior executives. And, you know, the COVID period has really provided an opportunity for people to reflect on a whole lot of things, especially on their careers. Uh, you know, this revolution that people talk about, you know, the great resignation uh, is is absolutely real, right? So there's you know lots of reports that you know four to six million people in the U.S., for example, have quit their jobs by July this year. And you know the question that people have in their minds is why is that the case, right? So you know there's a lot of speculation around work-life balance and thinking about you know I enjoy working in my pajamas better than I do going in a suit, etc. But I think at the end of the day, what the revolution is about, from my experience as a coach, is it's actually about a, a mindset shift. It's a it's a career reset. Yeah. So is this in response, sorry, to the work-life balance that we've all been striving for for so long and so many years and seems so unattainable that uh, the pandemic has kind of awakened uh, people? And now there's this talk of a life-work revolution where I'm going to put my life first, maybe uh, for the first time, because I work to live, I don't live to work. Yeah, I think what's happened is that the way that we've thought about work-life balance in the past has been really kind of focused on metrics that the world still says to us, right? About sort of, you want to have it all. You want to have a good job. You want to have a great family. But the question about meaning is coming into the mix now about what the revolution takes. So whereas before we would have focused on, you know, I still need to put food on the table. So that balance is always going to be kind of skewed a little bit towards, you know, something that's a necessity for sure, right? But what really I think the revolution is about now is about it's a battle of meaning, you know? So what what means more to me to work at home or to work at work, it's not so much the work itself, but what I'm contributing to, right? So um, it's not just the company bottom line, but it's also sort of quality um, for, for myself, my own mental health, my well-being, et cetera. So that, that's what I'm seeing as sort of what they call the revolution uh, in the clients that I work with. Okay, and you mentioned a second ago the great resignation, that it's real and that it's starting to happen or it is uh, happening. Is it being fueled, do you think, Simeon, by this life-work uh, revolution, this paradigm shift? I think it is. You know, the stats are showing that usually it's sort of the mid-level manager, director level people who are resigning, not so much the senior executives, but I think that's happening there too as well. Um, you know, this desire to kind of, you know, want to do something different with their lives. We know that the younger generation is about sort of shorter stints of work. You know, no, they don't stay, they're not lifers per se. And so that's a natural turnover that happens. And I think that that the resignation is a real phenomenon that's being driven by a whole number of things. But again, I go back to that, you know, people think about what's the, what's a really big push and cause behind this, you know, sociologically and all that stuff. But if you really think about it, you know, you're talking about legacy, right? You're talking about at the end of the day, it's like, well, I graduated. I thought I was going to be doing this thing and that thing, and I was going to be this senior and maybe I am now, but is that fulfilling? Is that meaningful? So you know, it, it gets down to the bottom of the heart issue a little bit more than sometimes just people think. So that's that's really what I'm seeing. And do you think the great resignation, is there going to be a lot of, um, I don't know, uh, 
you know, I'm going to feel as if I made the wrong decision two or three years down the line, down the road here, that uh, people are resigning now because of what has gone on over the last a year and a half. And yes, maybe there has been a bit of a uh, mind shift and uh, they've thrown it in thinking that this is all not worth it. But do you think that there could be, uh, I guess, a great resignation could turn into a lot of great regret, maybe two or three years down the line? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about regrets. I think everyone's got their choices to make, you know, and, and the choices right now are the best time, the best choice for right now. Um, I think what is going to happen is that people have to retool, right? So if you leave the workforce and even if you stay within it, people need to retool and figure out what the skills are needed in the future. So that's something that people need to work on, especially if you're going to resign now and leave the job and sort of start searching around, you know, what is it that I'm really good at, what I love to do. So, you know, in order for there to not be regret, I think, you know, folks need to be actively looking for ways to improve their skills and, and retool themselves, quite simply. Yeah, I got less than a minute here, but is that your number one piece of advice or what would be your number one piece of advice for anyone who's thinking about joining the so-called great resignation and resigning from work? I would say one thing is just to kind of keep in mind, uh, you know, a, a second plan kind of in, in the background, you know, if you've got something on the back burner that's going, you know, now's a good time to start exploring what's needed for that. But at the same time, keep a pulse on what it is that you need to be doing. Look at the trends of technology in the next two or three years and just get yourself ready for that. All right. Simeon Wong is the coach and founder of Elevate.Strategy. Simeon, really interesting discussion. Thanks so much for breaking this down for us and taking the time this afternoon. No problem. Thank you for having me. Take care. You too. Have a great afternoon. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.